In this episode of the Euctropolis podcast, our first round of student questions from the brand new course, Ukulele Jazz. Welcome back to the Euctropolis podcast for more real ukulele answers to real ukulele questions. My name is James Hill, and just like last week, I'm going to be talking about ukulele jazz this week. Only last week, there was no ukulele jazz course. And since last week, that course has been launched, and we've got our first wave of students going through those lessons. So, in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to tackle some of the very first questions that students have had in the ukulele jazz course. Our first question today comes from Avon, who is working on one of the introductory lessons. There's a whole intro section to get you warmed up to the ideas and the concepts around jazz on ukulele. And one of those lessons is called Ukulele is a Doorway to Jazz. And in that lesson, I'm showing you that the ukulele gives us a unique opportunity to get into jazz. Some instruments are more daunting than others. I mean, you look at a piano keyboard and you think, oh boy, you know, I know it's all there staring me in the face, but 88 keys, uh, it's, uh, it's a little demoralizing. Whereas you look at an ukulele and you think, well, it's got four strings, I've got four fingers, you know, each jazz chord has at least four notes in it. You know, the math kind of works out uh, when, you, when you think about jazz on the ukulele. And so it's not just a question of like, well, maybe we can play jazz on a ukulele if we really try hard or if we really, really want to. It's not a question of a square peg and a round hole. It's like, hey, the ukulele is perfect for jazz. It's especially perfect for jazz if you've always wanted to play jazz or always loved jazz and just never felt like you had an entry point that you had a foothold where you could really play it yourself, where you could make the switch from being the observer and the audience to actually being the player, the musician. And so that's what this short lesson is all about. Ukulele is a doorway to jazz. And in that lesson, I talk a little bit about the circle of fifths. And uh, Avon says, OMG, here comes the circle of fifths in a context that makes sense and is actually applicable. She says, I can see it. Yes. Okay, now this is a big moment for me. I know, Avon, you're celebrating because, you know, you're seeing it and it's making sense for you and that's awesome. But it's also a big moment for me as a teacher because I have always, you know, struggled to find the relevance for the circle of fifths. I've always known that it's a good thing for students. Students often know that it's a good thing for them, but none of us sort of know why it's a good thing. (laughs) You know, it's just like, it's like music theory vegetables. You're like, I know I should eat these, but I'm not totally sure why. So to have a lesson like this where you're starting to show students how practical 
this is and have students like Avon come around and say, OMG, here comes the circle of fifths in a way that makes sense and that I can actually apply. You know, that That's a big win for me. Uh, it's funny, my mom used to take piano lessons and I remember growing up being very young and seeing this thing on pieces of paper around the house this circular thing that she was drawing that looked like a, looked like to me like a like a fancy clock or a sundial and whenever she had a moment to herself maybe she's reading a book or she you know working on uh, working on some schoolwork you know grading she was a teacher she would be drawing this circle of fifths in the margin and trying to memorize it and i remember thinking to myself I know that has something to do with music, but I never hear her going to the piano and like playing through the circle of fifths. It was almost as if she thought, you know, if I draw this on paper enough times, then it will eventually make sense and it will eventually be practical in some way. And, you know, I I remember thinking to myself, drawing it on paper, you know, how is that going to help? And so often I feel that the circle of fifths is the classic uh, music theory construct that rarely gets actually applied in any kind of uh, useful way. It it is a wonderfully useful thing. The circle of fifths is, is, is a lever that can do work for you, but you have to play it. And once you start playing it, you're that much closer to applying it. And jazz musicians, they play it. They play it all the time. They go round and round the circle of fifths because they know they're going to run into the circle of fifths in real music that they play. And when they do, they want to be able to recognize it and just say, oh, hey, uh, Circle of Fifths, nice to see you again, let's go. Whereas folks like like me, who for a long time didn't practice the Circle of Fifths, every time you would see a sequence of chords that went, you know, like C7, F7, B flat seven, E flat seven, you know, you were just going like, oh my goodness, you were looking at each one of those chords and going, I don't see the relationship between one chord and the next. Jazz musicians look at that and they just say, oh yeah, I get that. That's just a segment of the circle of fifths. I practice that every day. I eat that for breakfast. Let's go. So when they see a song like uh, Sweet Georgia Brown. That whole sequence is just moving around the circle of fifths. Uh, Somebody who isn't really in the groove with this yet is going to look at each one of those chords and say, "Uh, yeah, C7, right, and then uh, how do I memorize the next one? Uh, F7, if I remember C to F, uh, if I remember Charles Frankenstein, that'll, that'll be a mnemonic, where C to F, 
Charles Frankenstein, and then it goes to B flat seven, C F B flat. Charles Frankenstein becomes okay, uh, and then E flat. Charles Frankenstein becomes uh, Eeyore. Great. Now I've got a sentence that I can use to memorize this chord progression. Charles Frankenstein becomes Eeyore. I mean, that's so random. But, you know, I used to do that. It's the kind of thing that you think, oh, this is a good idea. This is a way to memorize this chord progression. I'll make up a sentence where each word in the sentence starts with a letter that represents a chord. And now I've got it. And maybe you do. And maybe that does help to memorize things. But you haven't understood any of the harmonic relationships between those chords. I think you're going to go further faster if you just practice the sequence. Because it almost always goes in the same order. And if I'd practiced that a few dozen times, when I get to Sweet George Brown, I'm just going to look at that and say, oh yeah, I've seen that before. No big deal. I jump on at C7 and I get off the train at E7. Boom. That is powerful. That is something that you can start to use every day of your life if you love this kind of music. And uh, that is the power and the promise of the circle of fifths. Avon, I'm so glad that it's starting to click for you. And uh, I hope you really enjoy the doors that that opens up for you. Next up, a couple of housekeeping details for those of you who are in the course. Uh, number one, a question from Kathleen says, uh, I just watched the lesson, um, but I'm wondering how to find the practice tracks. Uh, in other words, where are the play-along tracks? Because one of the things that is promised to you when you register for the ukulele jazz course is backing tracks. So important to play along with tracks and to feel like you're playing with the band. Jazz is very much a social kind of music, music that goes better when you have people alongside you, backing you up, giving you a groove, playing the chords so that you can play the melody, or playing the melody so that you can play the chords. That's one of the, the great features of the ukulele jazz course, is that these backing tracks are interactive. You can speed them up and slow them down. You can loop sections for practice. You can mute the chords or you can mute the melody and uh, fill in the missing part. So Kathleen is wondering, where exactly are these? <laughs> and uh, the answer is, these interactive scores are always found in the lesson labeled demonstration and score. For every piece of repertoire in the method, there is a lesson labeled demonstration and score. I broke them out separately so that you can always find them easily. You're not scrolling through some big long video to figure out where does he actually play the song. You can just go directly to my rendition of the song and then directly below that video you'll find the interactive score that has the 
play along tracks embedded right inside it. So take those for a spin and uh, enjoy. We have another sort of housekeeping question here from Linda, uh, more of a comment. She says, I just realized that you have a transposition option. She says, that's fantastic to be able to easily transpose the song into my singing key or to try it out in different keys. And yes, absolutely, Linda, following on from uh, Kathleen's question, those interactive scores also allow you to transpose the score. And this is a little bit hidden, which is why I'm mentioning it here. On the interactive score, you just have to look below to the bottom right, and you'll see a little gear icon, like a, like a bicycle gear. And you click on that, and it opens a menu. And one of the many things you can do there is transpose, just by moving a slider left or right, and that will transpose the music. And this is great because... You know, as a jazz musician or as a budding jazz musician, one of the things that um, jazz musicians like to do is to learn a song in every key so that there are no surprises. And so that when they show up to the gig and the, and the singer wants to do this tune in the key of you know, F-sharp major, that's fine. They've already done that. There, there's nothing that's off limits to them. So this transpose feature... Uh, has always been there, and it's in it's in all the other courses on Euctropolis, but it's especially relevant for ukulele jazz. Just note that this won't transpose the audio. You'll only get the transposed score, but once you've learned it in the key that it's recorded in, um, then the idea is take it one step further, transpose the score, and learn how to play it in a brand new key. Ukulele Jazz is the latest course available on Uktropolis.com. It was released just a week ago. So we've got our first cohort of students going through this uh, methodology. You can join anytime you like, move through at your own pace. We've already had dozens of questions, and I've posted my answers to those in the lessons. One of the features of the, the Uktropolis platform is this ongoing Q&A right inside the lessons with students. So in this podcast, I've just highlighted a few of those questions, and I'm going to finish with one here from Diane, who's working on um, the piece Jada, and she's working on part three of that lesson, which is called the fancy version. That's where you, you take it up a notch and really start jazzing it up. Diane says, I'm happy with the diminished chord fingerings, uh, however, I'm struggling with the G minor 7, that wonderful chord, played in this position, 3-5-3-5. Three, five, three, five. Those are the names of the frets from the ceiling down to the floor, 3-5-3-5. Three, five, three, five. And she says, I'm struggling with that fingering. Would you advocate an alternative fingering where I bar the third fret with my index finger, and use uh, some other fingers to play the fifth fret notes. She says, if not, if you don't like this alternative fingering, can you explain why? Well, Diane, this is a great question. This is a really practical tin tax question about playing jazz on the ukulele because this chord, 3-5-3-5, three, five, three, five, 
Although it seems at first challenging and just sort of esoteric, you're really thinking to yourself, do I have to learn that one? <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard and it's a bit of a stretch. Do I really have to learn it? The answer is yes. If there was one chord that you're going to rely on more than any other in ukulele jazz, this might be it. This strange looking chord that looks and feels like a diminished seven chord doing the splits. This chord is going to become your best friend once you warm up to it. I think we've all had friendships like that where it starts out kind of rocky and you think, I am never going to like that person. (laughs) There's something about them just rubs me the wrong way. I think we, we do that with music too. You know, you hear a sound or in this case you play a chord and you think, I am never going to like that chord. I am never going to warm up to that chord. It is never going to feel good to me. And yet, over time, you know, the ice kind of melts and you settle into the way it feels. And of course, you love the way it sounds. Such a great sound. And over time, I think you're really going to warm up to this one. And I, I know this is an issue because it's a stretch. And for that reason, I've included... Uh, two lessons in ukulele jazz that really focus on getting your hand in the right position to make this chord work for you. But Diane is saying, she's going, um, she's actually going out and saying, look, I have an alternative, and that is to bar the third fret and play the fifth fret notes with the second and third finger. She says, why not do it that way? And this is a great question. Uh, The reason I put one finger on each note, well, there are two reasons. Number one, I can get higher up the neck. I'm still getting a nice clean sound. It's because I'm on my fingertips and I'm really getting a, a clear sound. If I was trying to bar there above the 12th fret, you know, I'd... I'm seriously trying. I I just can't make it work. I can't get that bar down with any strength above the 12th or 13th fret. Whereas if I'm right on the tips of my fingers, just like a, a ballet dancer on point, if each one of those fingers is right on point, I'm not sure that I ever would get up there, but hey, you never know. So number one is sort of accessibility to the upper frets. And number two is that I can add vibrato to the chord if I have one finger on each note. Vibrato is just that wiggling sound like this. You hear it? You hear that warble? As opposed to just, which is no vibrato. Here's vibrato. I'm exaggerating a little bit because I really want you to hear it. That sound is really great. I, I love it. it. It makes the chord sound like it's singing because vibrato is a very natural thing to do for a singer to have that little warble in the voice. And so when we do that with the instrument, it makes the instrument sound a little more human, a little warmer, a little more alive. And so adding vibrato to notes is very common by bending the note 
or on the classical guitar, you, you move uh, you know, in line with the string to get uh, a vibrato sound, to get some modulation in the sound, to warm it up, to make it sound more lyrical. But you can also do this with chords. The problem is, it's very hard to do that if you have one finger straight across all of the strings. Try it. See if you can vibrate on a chord and get that nice warm vibrato sound with a bar chord. It's almost physically impossible. And so that's another reason why on a chord like G minor 7, 3 5, three, five I like to put one finger on each note because I can get up higher and I can add that nice vibrato to it. So there you go, Diane. Great question. So glad you asked it. But uh, keep at it because this chord fingering that I'm proposing here in the jazz course is eventually going to work for you. And when it does, you'll have some great benefits musically and expressively. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Euctropolis podcast. I'm your host, James Hill, and I'll be back again next week with more real ukulele answers to real ukulele questions. In the meantime, you can head over to euctropolis.com and check out our library of unique online ukulele courses, which now includes ukulele jazz, released just one week ago. Check it out, whether you're a raw beginner or an intermediate player, or an advanced player, there is something for you at euctropolis.com and a great supportive community to help you along the way. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next week, keep on strumming. <laughs>